This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Chris and I have had a connection from the get-go and a connection that I think, um, at least for me was different than other friends. Not that it was better or worse. It was just like, it was just different. And I was like, Oh, this feels like next level. Welcome to Reality Bites, a podcast about sex, love, relationships, and dating in the digital age. Every episode, we sit down with comedians, sexperts, and other notable people to share the most fascinating stories about love and sexuality. And now we're coming at you twice a week on Mondays and Wednesdays. So tune in. Welcome to Reality Bites, a podcast about sex, love, relationships, and dating in the digital age. I'm Courtney Kosak. I'm Sophia Alexandra. And I'm Dave Rankin. I thought you were going to do an I, yeah, I, I, did I do that always be a Dave Rankin. I feel like you, I feel like did, I did, do, you did some similar riff. You didn't, though. Maybe that was one... Uh, intro that we flubbed it's totally possible that we lost a great that was my best one ever guys i nailed it it's fine (laughs) i'll bring it back you guys we have a very special dispatch in today's intro we got a message it honestly made me cry yeah (laughs) i for sure teared up a listener which we did not get permission from this very sweet listener to use her name so we won't but We got a super touching message from someone who learned about the show through listening to the Daily Zeitgeist, which I guessed it on. And then Sophia guessed it on a couple of times. And we love those guys. And they were just on the show the other day. And so this person commented and sent us a message about like being in a low spot finding out about the podcast, binging our entire catalog, <laughs> which has been... I've never been binged before. I feel dude, nice it's a long binge at this point. It's like 120 episodes or something. It's a commitment. <laughs> Through the podcast, hearing Rex, we've talked about Cheryl Strayed a bunch of times on the show. I, when I was going through my a super bad breakup, I read Dear Sugar, and then I read Wild, and I like seriously used her yeah and you got me dear sugar and then i gave I've, it to everyone yeah and then i've given it so many times if you look at my amazon like order list i've probably I know. bought that book 30 times alone just they to actually, give to friends it's like one of my favorite books ever it's just beautiful it's these like long essay well they're not long they're exactly the right length but they're essay uh answers to these questions that it's Cheryl straight answered in her advice column you would really like it dave yeah maybe, should it's, actually, maybe it's time for you to get your copy i gave it to um one of wade's friends when he got divorced 
um, and his brother after his wife died. And I've they, given it to everybody who's lost somebody or who's going through yeah, a transition. There's something for or, everyone. If you're going through something hard, there really is something for everyone. And also, it's like good perspective to think about all the other problems that you could have or like what could be going on in your life when you are in a rut or, you know, when you're like assessing your own life. But there's also, yeah, there's truly an essay for like every life problem one of my favorite essays from that book is deciding whether you want to have kids or not Go when shit. you're ambivalent and i've referred people to that story so many times it helped me decide whether or not i was like gonna probably end up doing it or not honestly i so we got the message and what came to mind immediately was cheryl Strade's essay when she talks about the coat that her mom gave her before she died and she's like say thank you like you never say oh my god i love that essay so much that's actually the excerpt that i read that helped me discover dear sugar i was like it was in uh i can't some newsletter brain pickings that excerpt was and it was so powerful i like had to go find the book immediately um and i thought of that after i read that message because i think it's like so special to help someone when they're going through a hard time and like sometimes it's actually like you can't take the help of the people that are immediately around you when i was going through my shit like it was great to have you guys but sometimes i couldn't hear you you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you were too close mm-hmm. and like I needed to read all of Cheryl Strade's books and like listen to a bunch of podcasts and like the girl that sent the message was like, I need to define myself again. And I was like, oh my God, it like made me feel like, well, she also accomplished a lot in the two months, in the two months that she was looking for herself. She changed her life and all these let go of a partner, like acknowledged a passion that had maybe not been given the right attention realized the beauty that was around her instead of like hating her life she she talked about like going out and opening herself up to Mm -hmm. meeting new people and like the energy from it was so good i was so it was so touching to receive and yeah when she hears this gotta say shout out maybe she was like i'm that was private (laughs) we're not using her name or anything but um yeah well we were talking about just like when when you're in a low uh when you're in a low spot um that i think it's important to remember to keep trying because i think the number one thing about getting depressed is trying is so hard and it's just like getting a rusty like engine moving again and when you see somebody who's like okay i'm in a low spot like here's what i'm gonna try to do i'm gonna listen to this i'm gonna try to do this build my life back up like brick by brick like i feel like all of us have gone through that time and i think um and i recently talked to paul gilmartin of the mental illness happy hour podcast Mm -hmm. and you know the number of times that each of us have started over as like adults trying to get help for ourselves or trying to be better people or to like stop being a fuck up and like a certain respect to other people or the way you treat women for him, you know, and for me, the way I treated other women, I feel like a lot of those things are just keep trying. And when you get an email from somebody who's like, yeah, you know what? Thank you so much. And then you see all the work that they did in their words. You're like, you kept trying. And like, that's the message. Keep fucking trying because 
it was like such a beautiful circular thing because it was like I had had a shitty day like Sophia we were supposed to work and we were too overwhelmed with other stuff to be able to make our session which we both fucking hate that's the worst and I don't know it's like it is a lot of work to do the parts of our career that are like thankless right now and it was so not I was like seriously like Oh my god! I could. This is fuel for like six to twelve months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> seriously, like, yeah, so thank someone, you I for know, the message. I seriously was like, thank you. Oh totally. my god! <laughs> you did it, not us. We're just you made a difference in our life. Yeah. So I think uh, say thank you is such a good message. It meant so much to all three of us. I think to get that message, and um, yeah, we love to do this. So I'm glad it makes a difference and oh my god talk about people that are like masters of this today's guests are the hosts of the almost 30 podcast the masters the masters <laughs> uh krista williams and Lindsay simsick i love their podcast so much i think they have such amazing guests that cover a wide range of topics so much of it is about trying to be your best person and live your best life and figure out who you are and find yourself. And they have built an amazing community online. And it's so cool to see other women support each other like that. And we really got into it with them, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll let the interview speak for itself, but enjoy. Hey guys, it's your girl, Courtney. You may remember all the comments I've made on my terrible diet. I eat at 7-Eleven, I'm mostly vegetarian. There are a lot of gaps in my diet and that's where Ritual really comes in handy. They are vegan, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergen-free. These vitamins are made in the US without any synthetic fillers or colorants. They have this great minty taste. I got super hooked because I am a sucker for a sticker chart and when they send your first order they send you this 21 day challenge sticker chart. I love that kind of reward. So what's amazing is I felt so good taking the ritual vitamins that I just kept going after those 21 days were over and I think you guys should give it a try too. Here's the thing is that a lot of vitamin companies make their product to withstand staying on the shelf for long periods of time. And actually what your body wants is something natural that it can knows what to do with. I have been so happy with my ritual experience. I think you guys should give it a try too. It's $30 a month. They deliver it right to your door. If you forget a few days, you can snooze your order until you catch up. Happiness is guaranteed and I am proof. 95% of women do not get the vitamins and minerals they need on a daily basis. So Ritual created a smarter vitamin with the nine essential ingredients women lack most. Go to ritual.com reality. Choose clean ingredients backed by science. Sign up now at ritual.com reality. You guys, I am so excited to be sitting here with the hosts of maybe my favorite podcast, Aww. Almost 30. It's true. It's the one yes, honey. Thank you so much. Krista Williams 
and Lindsay Simsek. Thank uh, you for joining us. That's really you. sweet. Podcast. Almost 30. Hell I yeah. said it. Uh. <laughs> um, you guys have had some amazing recent guests that also talk about sex and relationships. I loved your Dan Savage interview. Oh, I'm so glad. How amazing was it to talk to him? It was, uh, I'm not nervous for a lot of our interviews, but I was really nervous for him. Um, we so, were in his home, yeah. home turf. So we were like, they're like, he's a Seattle legend. Cause we were in Seattle at the time yeah. and they were like, and everyone kept saying, he's such a controversial figure. He's such a controversial figure, which made me a little scared. Cause I'm like, where could this go? And he's so intelligent. And so like, um, forthright with with his opinion and he has such strong opinions and so I'm like oh first of all he's gonna think we're dumb and then he's gonna think this so it just made me really nervous you know for that but I was so happy with how it came out yes yeah, yeah it sounded great um what are like some of your other favorite guests that have mm. e- either impacted how you think about how you approach relationships because you've had so mm. many like self-improvement type guests that like are were expansive for you where you yeah. were like, Oh, this like shifted my mind a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I'm sure we both will say John Wineland. John Wineland is, um, kind of a, a regular on our show. Um, and we've done events with John. Um, but he's really kind of helped me to understand, um, my energy in a relationship mm-hmm. and how to navigate and dance with the other person, whether it's a friendship or romantic relationship, um, or even just with myself and to realize that people metabolize energy differently. And so if I'm coming in hot, which I can be known to do <laughs> that, like maybe it's just, I like, don't know what that's like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally not the, not the right time. Or maybe like I need to do it in such a way that like he's able to take it in and really like be ready for it um so yeah i just i love i love john yeah i mean i think the dan savage one really completely changed my Mm -hmm. perspective talking about you know monogamy and relationships and how it's kind of an it's an outdated practice which i knew but just the example he had of standing on one foot you know when he was saying if you're married and you're standing on which is yes being married being monogamous is not normal for um humans and yet we force them to be monogamous so we're forcing someone to do something not normal so it's like standing on a foot for 30 years standing on one foot rather than two and if you put your right foot down once so you cheat on someone one time we see that person as bad and we see the relationship as not having any value and for me you know i've cheated i've been cheated on you know i've had it in my family i've kind of had it around me my whole life not in my current relationship but it just helped me to reframe how i think about it and now i have such a lax view of it you know i'm obviously not planning to and hopefully justin isn't either but i could just see myself approaching it completely differently for my perspective of other people and being more forgiving if they're Mm -hmm. going to forgive or, you know, if they are in a relationship where that happens. Um, So I'm really grateful for that. Just helping open and expand my mind about monogamy. Yeah. I love your, you guys have started doing solo episodes, which have been such a fun way to get to know you guys. And Lindsay, yours was most recent and it was the way that you talked about learning from your cheating experience was mm-hmm. like I, I it was so if you could speak to that a little bit like it really moved me it was oh, like thanks I yeah I'm I, I probably talked about it ad nauseum on the podcast or at events maybe that's what I'm thinking of but it was like a point in my life it was one of the lowest points of my life because I completely betrayed the person that 
like besides my parents loved me the most and like saw a life with me and I with him until a certain point. And so I, I really, I really sabotaged it. And though, you know, I would have done it differently for sure. I know that it was, I did it in a way that helped me to learn the lessons that I was supposed to learn. And I really needed to know myself without someone, you know, I've, I was always in a relationship up until that point. And so I was defining myself by that other person, which I don't think, um, is completely wrong. However, I had no sense of myself outside of that. So I would just say like, if you haven't spent time alone, um, or single, like really working with that time, because then when you're in partnership again, it's a completely different experience. You're able to, I mean, if I was like away from my boyfriend, I'd be like, okay, so like, when can I see him again? And like, I want to make sure that like we have the best time because like, what if, you know what I mean? It was like this weird, desperate, like, what Mm -hmm. if I lose him? And, and now I just like, there's space and there's breath and there's like a knowing that like, I am going to, um, I am enough one for myself and for whoever I'm with next. I don't have to really prove anything in that way. It's also seems like, you know, you're no longer making decisions like out of fear. Right. Yeah. Cause it seems like the kind of love relationship that you're in, if you're like always focused on what the other person's feeling and doing rather than just you and like orienting yourself around what they're going to feel or whatever, Mm -hmm. then yeah, it's like, who am I? And what am I doing? And all the decisions are made from fear of like, what if I, if this relationship doesn't work and I lose him and cause I didn't do the right thing and like Mm -hmm. the proper thing. And like, I'm trying to set it up all for success. And I think if you make decisions out of that, which I think a lot of women do because they're afraid of being alone and not just women, um, that, you know, you will do all that stuff with, and then you'll have to be away from the relationship forcibly, usually through like them breaking up with you for you to be like, wait, what the fuck? Like I should not have been going into it that way. Absolutely. And that's, I just felt that from you. And it just taught me a lot about communication. I mean, we could have had many conversations, um, not to say that we would still be together, but we could have had conversations where I could have, you know, had a better understanding of where he was coming from. Um, just in terms of the challenges I was facing, I would never bring it up to him because I was too afraid that he wouldn't understand that he would think I was being too dramatic, that I was just, you know, going a little crazy. And, and, you know, I was in theater. I was like this, Mm -hmm. I was like a a weird thing to him. He's like, Oh, that's just Lindsay. Like that's how she is. And, and so we could have had those conversations and, you know, coulda woulda shoulda but I definitely learned I think it's so funny that the universe sometimes puts you in situations like that like where you do something that you wouldn't think that you would do like cheat on someone or something to kind of move you beyond a situation that maybe wasn't right for you to like push you out of your comfort zone because I can't imagine like that probably wasn't the right thing for your adult where you are now it was like so it was hard because like lying and cheating is like so so much effort yeah and it really fucks you up because you don't know what's true and then you just lose yourself again in that and then you're hurting also the person that you're cheating with like it's this like weird fucked up thing that happens and then you come out of it you're not with either of them and you're like who the fuck 
was that, you know? So I didn't really understand at the time, like the purpose of it all. And, you know, just dealing with the fact that like you lose his family, you lose his friends. Mm -hmm. They think you're a dirty whore, to be honest. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) which I guess, you know, I I guess, you know, but which I am, but but, (laughs) you know, it's it's a loss too like on both sides and and it's funny because like I can look now and of course like I've like stalked his life and just made sure everything's like cool on his end and he's met his person and they're married and like so it's I I don't know I just I know everything happens for a reason it's just not always going to be like the prettiest way or moral way (laughs) what are some of the things that you've been doing in your single time that you feel like because you're so in your (laughs) You're inner so in my single. I'm so alone. <laughs> Same. Now you're magnetic. Like yeah, what? No, I know. I um it changes. I mean, everything from like just cooking for myself to um you know, I I'll have just like a night in by myself and that seems like, oh, like, yeah, I do that too, but how many times are people like trying to kind of get out of it by being on their phones or just distracting themselves? Like I to the bar, I keep it real simple and it's not always fun to be honest, Mm. but then it settles in. And by the end of the night, I'm like, Oh, like I loved that (laughs) at the beginning. I'm having a little FOMO and my friends are like, Hey, what are you doing? The Dodgers are on tonight. Like, I'm like, you know, how, how do I want to feel by the end of this night? How do I want to feel? And I know I love to go out with friends, but like, I know that like, if I'm going to go to a bar, the girls are going to be like poaching some dudes and that's fine and fun. But like, if I'm really needing like a nourishing night, I'd rather like be with girlfriends than in a setting that's a little more contained and intimate. So then I just like do it myself, you know, and I'll, you know, we love to watch like nature shows. I'll put on a nature show. I'll like last night, this is very weird. I was like painting my apartment, (laughs) just like little things where like, I'm okay alone. I like sitting with it and being like, Oh wow. Like I can do this alone. And I don't have to just like search for the next thing that's going to like take me out of it. I can be really present with myself. Yeah. My husband is out of town and he's at it. And I love it when he goes out of town, not because like, I don't like him or anything because it's nice to have that time to recharge with just yourself. Mm -hmm. So like for the last, you know, like four days, it's like, I, you would think I didn't do anything when he was gone, but it was like, Oh, I was with myself and it's better like I was walking around naked you just kind of like do whatever it's just nice I'm like jerking off everywhere (laughs) she drank like three bottles of champagne so much champagne you know I'm just like alone like living my best life for him then after that and how much better is he when he's away it's like you miss each other there's this thing that happens where you're just not so and he's like do you want to come with and I was like nah yeah I just want to be by myself I've had a lot of friends where they they it seemed like they would jump from yeah one relationship to the next and it always felt like it was just always a healthier move. I always said six months. I don't know. I was just throwing out six months as like a, a healthy time to have between relationships to fully digest what happened and what you, the patterns that, you know, to break those patterns. I just always got a little nervous. It's like, even when I would meet a girl who was like just out of a relationship, I was kind of cautious about yeah. dating her. I'm like, did you spend enough time mm-hmm. understanding what you're out of? So you're not bringing it to me. You yeah. Know? It's like, did you figure out, like think about that relationship. Did you digest it? Did you mm-hmm. like, but I always felt like after a breakup, if I was single, I was like my f- most fire. Like, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Like just you're so, I was so confident like, 
because you are prioritizing yourself you're like doing all the self-care shit you're doing all the getting ready shit I was like not eating, you know, that always helps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it was like that kind of thing where there's like a magnetic quality sometimes when you're actually like loving yourself so much. Yeah. But also you're feeling. You're like very open in like a very feminine way because you're having all these emotions and everything like that. So it is really beautiful. Yeah, I think when you have to when you when you start to question like, oh, what is true about me, then you can uh, be so open to new things that you never would have considered before. I am so excited to talk to you about meeting Justin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so how long have you guys been together? Um, like five and a half years. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Long time. Um, so we met, we met one time, um, when I was in college. So when I was in college, he went to Auburn in Alabama. I went, went to school in Ohio, like the safety choice. Um, and I had actually early decision to go to that same school that he went to in Alabama, but changed my mind last minute because I was scared. So I went close to home. Um, and I had a guy friend from home that went to school and actually was roommates with him on a random chance. So I met him one time in college. And then we didn't talk again for four or five years um, until he came to visit Chicago and just got my number from a friend and texted me and we met up and then it was like history. I was living in Chicago. He was living in New York and we texted for five months before talking on the phone, talked on the phone and then started doing trips together. And then I moved. So wait, when you met that first time, mm -hmm. was there like a vibe? There was like, I, I thought he hated me cause he's very quiet. Like he's very, and I'm not obviously. So I thought I was like, Oh, I don't think he likes me. I had a boyfriend. He had a girlfriend. Um, but there was definitely like some sort of vibe. I was very interested, but I was like, oh, he doesn't like me because he wasn't at that time when I was in college. It's like I was into not assholes, but guys that were like, oh, sure. Come up to you and hit on you and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't really I always remembered him, but I didn't think that he liked me, to be honest. You did remember him for five years mm -hmm. when he hit you up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So oh, when he cool. hit me up, I was like. Cause I remember, and I remember specific things that happened. Like I slept on the couch. There was this song playing. He was wearing this, like his girlfriend was there. She wasn't that cute. And like, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that kind of stuff, you know, the usual. But wait, you went to a psychic at some point? Oh yes. My psychic. Yep. So yeah, my psychic in Chicago, I met her. I was with my boyfriend of five years at that time. I had another boyfriend in between. She's like, you need to break up with him. You've already met your soulmate. And I was like, I haven't met my soulmate. There's no way. Like, I would know. You know, I would know. And she's like, you're going to move to New York. So she said, she's like, this is before I hung out with Justin again. She's like, you're going to move to New York. And I was like, I'm never moving to New York. I hate New York. It's disgusting. <laughs> Anyways, goodbye. And... um then soon after, you know, Justin came to visit from New York and I started to, I saw him again. We hung out and I was like, I know. And then I went back to her and she's like, I like walked in the room. She's like, oh, you met him. Whoa. That was crazy. I was like, yes, I did. She's like, all right, you're going to have to move to New York. And then now she I charge predicted, double. <laughs> yeah, literally. And then she's like, and you also need this treatment <laughs> if you guys really want to succeed. <laughs> so yeah, she helped really confirm it for me and helped me really um, just feel confident in making like bold decisions. Cause he's very, you know, he's very quiet. He's not um, one to like hit on girls or just be very aggressive. So I was like the aggressor 
the whole time. I probably still am, actually. It's like a <laughs> precursor for our relationship. But I was always texting him. I would always just follow up. I would fly to New York to go see him and stay with him. Um, and it would be days between our talking just via text because we barely knew each other um, where I would still have to like have faith that like he was my person and that we were going to be together. And that, um, you know, when I told him I was moving to New York, we had been dating for seven months and we had gone on three trips. So essentially we'd hung out probably under 10 times in our life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I think I'm going to move to New York. And he was like, I remember he was like, so excited. He's like, will you move in with me? And I was like, sure. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. It was sweet. And then I moved in and you know, the rest is history. There there were, has it just been, great ever since or like yeah, yeah it's, I mean I'm like yeah and it's not like I'm lying um, yeah it's been awesome I mean I was telling her the other day like we have had just the most magical relationship but it is one of those things where now that it's like five and a half years and I well the thing is is I've changed so much like I have changed so incredibly much since starting our podcast you know we're having these conversations like the ones with Dan Savage like the white privilege one Mm -hmm. um just like all of these intense growth opportunities I have multiple times a week so I have just changed exponentially so for him it's like he's doing something totally different he's a software engineer he's also changing but at a different rate so sometimes it is a little hard for us because i move so quickly because i'm trying to evolve so quickly for us to kind of meet in the middle so although it's been like bliss and he's the biggest support and i love him so much we still have our issues we still have to like try and work at figuring out where we want our life to go with like how i don't know so yeah i mean it's been amazing but we do still have like our things yeah sophia you've been in yeah with max for what like a decade (laughs) yeah over a decade um i don't know i feel like that growing the different rates thing i say that all the time yeah you do i'm like that's literally people are like oh how do you stay together and i'm like well i don't think there's like a secret i think it's like a bunch of it is work a bunch of it is luck Mm -hmm. and the luck i think comes in like growing at different rates and you hope Mm -hmm. that you can catch up to each other and still grow together while growing separately Mm -hmm. versus grow apart then also you realize like there's a chance that that could happen Mm -hmm. you could evolve into somebody or you could evolve into somebody who is no longer compatible with that person then you just have to be like that doesn't mean the relationship was a failure Mm -hmm. it means it was like beautiful that it lasted for so long and we could grow together for that long so Mm -hmm. i just try not to freak out about it Mm -hmm. because that's what i would do early on all the time i'm Mm -hmm. like well for sure this is going to fall apart so we should probably break Mm up he's like psycho you can't break up with somebody Mm -hmm. before something's gone wrong i'm like i just want to cut our losses we should probably like just get out of this like a a female thing to do i think is to look so far ahead yeah oh yeah anticipate and kind of avoid the impending pain that would happen if perhaps like that came up yes like i would think about that all the time like, totally oh well you know he holds his fork like that so like that means <laughs> you know what i mean like literally down to the, not that but like stupid yeah things you were like into assuming it. and then just being like well you know he can't do that with our kids so mm-hmm. yeah 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 yeah. it's it's so crazy how you just think yeah. so far ahead and you'll be like oh yeah no this isn't gonna work mm-hmm. and it's like no just be in it and enjoy it mm-hmm. and then whenever it stops working like that'll be the time you deal with it. Yeah. And it's just like, I need to encourage, like I need to respect and honor his path as a human outside of me too. You know what I mean? So it's me on my path, which is, you know, my own, but also like not forcing him to be on a path because of me honoring where he is in his journey, honoring what he's brought to my journey and what, where we've brought together. You know, there's just so much Mm -hmm. that goes into it. It's like, 
you know, but it's beautiful. Like it's just the most, you know, fulfilling thing for me, like our relationship and the fact that it's given me like a strong foundation of confidence that I now use in our everyday. Like if I didn't have my foundation with him and if I didn't have our foundation together, there's no way we would be where we are. I would be who I am. I would be as comfortable in my skin. I would be as comfortable being who I am without, you know, what we have. Yeah. Someone who has like unshakable faith in you. I think Mm, when you have it for the first time, it's like, kind of crazy and it can be such a motor that powers you through like your next goals or whatever it's so cool to have somebody just like be like on your side or cheering for you i've heard wade say about courtney like one day like we're all gonna work for her you know or like she's gonna you know like she's gonna own the city like just to watch somebody believe in you or in somebody you love the way that Mm. they ought to be like Mm. you know i was telling her the other day like it's just it's like the I think part of the purpose of partnership is for them to see things in you that you would never be able to see, you know? And that's what's exciting. I'm like, Ooh, when I do like meet that person, I can't wait for them to see things in me that I would never think of or have thought of before. Mm -hmm. How are you guys? I think Krista, I saw Mm -hmm. you post something in the secret Facebook group Mm -hmm. about, uh, fertility or something the other day how are so uh, you guys are like about our age Mm -hmm. how are you starting to think Think about about babies yeah Yeah. I definitely you know would love to be blessed with a baby um in like when I'm 34 probably like four or five years kind of selfish I really just want to you know get ourselves in a really good place and just live out my life completely so um we'll probably you know talk about getting engaged next year and then you know hopefully try for a baby in the next couple years but yeah with that I just like I hope it everything works out and I hope it is good but we definitely would love to have children yeah Sophia's mm. on a surrogate journey yeah, yeah. right now. Oh, I know. Trying to get a lady pregnant. Yeah. Um, Is she pregnant? Yeah. No, we're okay, going to okay. be implanting hopefully in January. Okay. That's okay. amazing. So it's, yeah. it's really nuts. Um, they're doing right now this thing that's like a, it's a mock cycle. She yeah. takes all the hormones that you would mm-hmm. when you would be getting implanted, yep. but instead they just take a biopsy of your uterine lining to determine more specifically when to implant. Cause like, you, you know, we have two mm-hmm. embryos. It's like not a lot of chances. Right. So yeah. they're like, okay, let's make sure it's super precise. Wow. So yeah, that's what I'm working on right now. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's what I'm cooking up. a little baby. Yeah. Cooking up. That's really cool. Yeah. That's amazing. It's led us to have these conversations though, about beca- especially like we work together. Yeah. And so it just brings up a lot of like how, I mean, for me, I'm like a little bit scared of that things could change. And I'm also not quite in the same. I'm not necessarily totally closed off to having kids, but right now I can't see it. And so it is just interesting to see her go on this journey and kind of go on it with her. And while I still am in a totally different place, are you, Mm. where are you on it, Lindsay? Um, (laughs) I'm like having a baby next. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've thought about it briefly, but I almost like I get excited because it's going to help like evolve our brand too and our individual Uh. brands as well, like almost 30 and then us as individuals. So, I mean, I'm more excited and like she's on, you know, on track a little bit farther than I am. But I mean, I think it's happening perfectly and I have no doubt that 
Um, I do want kids for sure, but you know, it'll happen at the right time. And I've kind of had to let go of what I thought it was going to be. I've said that before, probably on the solo pod where I just, I thought I was going to be married before I was 30 and have a couple kids by my early thirties and do oh, all really? of that stuff. But how the fuck would <laughs> I have gotten my like really like realized my dreams if all of that God, was so happening. rich there's how would no we be so rich, how would we be so rich? <laughs> I don't know. well honestly I, I think subconsciously I was like oh well that's what like my husband does and whatever which is also fine too and mm-hmm. hopefully he's just as successful um but it's more like I was totally I was not clear. Like I had all these aspirations to be this. And then I'd be like, well, I want to get married though. And then have kids before I'm 32. And it's like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the timing has makes zero sense. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm so excited for Krista and Justin. We're all, we're so close. I love them both. And so it's like, I, I can't wait for that. That's mm-hmm. going to be amazing. Yes, of course it's going to change things, but I like hope this is always changing. Yeah. That's the thing is like, I feel like I just came into this new identity of what we're doing and just like almost 30. So it's almost hard for me to like say goodbye to that identity mm-hmm. by have, by getting pregnant and having a baby and even like getting engaged and married. It's like just a, I love everything right now and I'm not trying to control it, of course, but I just feel so lucky that it's almost like, adding other layers i'm like i'm not ready to add those yet because i'm enjoying this so much right now i I literally like that i wrote a joke the other day sophia about how like i would offer to come over and keep you up all night and like (laughs) whatever just to keep things the same (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly though how i felt (laughs) i never thought i even wanted kids because i was like the fact that i found somebody that i love that loves me that like so far we've been together for this long i'm like i don't want to rock the Mm -hmm. boat this is way more than I ever hoped for. I honestly like, and and like not in a negative way, I thought it would just be like an old, cool, like woman living on like an island with like my snakes. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just God, like I boning you. whoever, you know, you I just really here? didn't think that I was... <laughs> <laughs> I just Me did either. not think that I would be like, you know, somebody that would be coupled up so much earlier mm-hmm. and like yeah. find my person and then just be like, oh, I guess... I won't be a lonely snake woman mm-hmm. with like wild hair and That's like, so cool. yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's yes. neat. I, I, I was like excited opposite, to like do it. It's like the opposite. Yeah. Like you thought you'd be the other way and now yeah, you, yeah, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah. It's so bizarre. And also like, you know, I'm always worried about things changing because like when you're thinking about having a baby, you're worried about being left behind by other people. Mm-hmm. They're worried about yes. you being distracted by a baby or whatever, but you're worried that like suddenly your value as a person becomes zero because mm-hmm. now people don't view you as a person. They view you as a mother. Yeah. Whereas like men don't have that. It's not like a man has a baby and suddenly everyone's like, Oh, he's so different. He's a dad. Totally. It's like every guy I know who's a comedian, who's a dad still like gets high, stays out late, yeah. whatever. But like, you know, as soon as a woman has a baby in comedy, they're like, Oh, who's watching the baby right now? Mm-hmm. It's like, she yeah, is in the, the car choice. alone. Yeah. Why? With the windows <laughs> <on>. you know. <laughs> but yeah. I know exactly. That's exactly how I feel. It's like, I don't, want people to treat me differently. I would feel so different. You know, I don't know. I just think it's all going to happen, you know, when we're in a spot where it will be like easy for people to understand that. Like an example 
one of our friends, Katrina from Tone It Up, just had her baby. And I just see it. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is happening so effortlessly. Not that motherhood is effortless by mm-hmm. any means, but meaning within the brand and the business. Like they've built, they've spent 10 years building this like empire mm-hmm. and she can have the flexibility to have her baby and she'll come back. And now yeah. she's empowering mothers and showing her postpartum body. And it's amazing. Like it's not just, doing that. you know what I mean? It was actually, it was all That's over today's show today. Was it? It was crazy. Dude. But I mean. So much pressure. It's like you already made a person. No, Can we it, fucking it, not literally. ask you to also have abs? Not even during my like pre-part of the No, she doesn't like abs. That's the, that's the point. She was like, she's like, I actually really like, she li- literally still looks like she's pregnant, which most pe- people do when yeah. after they have a baby. And she's like, I love it. My body is so powerful. It just fucking popped out a baby. That's so mm-hmm. awesome. So it's like just I'm empowering so women and that. changing kind of part of the brand and who they're reaching and, you know. Yeah. I just think it's going to be fine. <laughs> I can so clearly see things that my parents modeled for me, both that I want to continue and that I hope I never see show up again. First of all, are your parents still together? And then how um, has that kind of shaped you? Um, yeah, my parents are still together. They've been together for 32 years. Oh, damn. Yeah, it's a long time. They met... In January, got engaged in February, got married in September, had me a year later. So, um, you know, after, there's four kids. After all of us left the nest is really now the time that they're getting to know each other, to be honest. Because once you start popping out kids, it's like mm-hmm. not about them, at least for their relationship. So it's, it's really... Um, my parents are super loyal to one another. Um, it hasn't been the perfect marriage by any means, but I really respect them for, um, you know, supporting each other at the end of the day, they do really support each other. And I also have had to just let go of, I'm the oldest of the need to like fix my parents' relationship because Mm -hmm. what I want is, is different and that's okay because I am growing up in a very different time than they are. So I really have had to let go of like wanting them to have a different relationship because they are on a very specific, like Krista was talking about before with like everyone's path, like they're on a very specific path learning what they're supposed to learn in this life. And just because it's not exactly what I would want doesn't mean that it's wrong. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been kind of, I've like changed my opinion about it through the years, but I really, I respect their love. I mean, my parents weren't lovey-dovey. They didn't like kiss. It was it was actually a lot of fighting, but you know, at the end of the day, it was mostly fighting about like like finances and the kids and making sure they're okay. You know what I mean? It was all like these outside forces that they were dealing with. So, I think um and I pray now that it's just I hope they can just get to know each other even more and more and more and more just as like humans and individuals. Um I'm the oldest of four uh, four kids too. Yeah. Do you and act it's like, like an oldest? I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I need to do things that I'm not doing. Sometimes I step in mm-hmm. yeah. when I, you know, I mean, as an adult, but um, my, I mean, my parents didn't stay together, so it yeah. kind of mm-hmm. made it lo- even more of a circus. But yeah, it's. Uh, Were you really affected by them not staying together? Yeah, even to to today, I yeah. still find things that I'm bringing up. Totally. How old were you when it happened? Uh, so I was 14. Oh, that's, yeah. Wow. But they had my youngest brother. Um, the fourth was like six or seven, oh. you know. So it's like, and the effects are so different, you totally. know. Totally. And with those ages, so Th- those are super formative years from 
you know, like six to 14, like just in that time, I feel like. But one thing when you have four kids, like there is no focus on the the parents Zero. like it's all the kids oh yeah all the time yeah, yeah. Like 14 I'm the soccer practices a week or whatever like oh wow i can't what imagine a weird coincidence <laughs> you're oldest of four yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah do you act like an oldest um i do i'm like the one that was like gonna leave and do something artistic so like in that that's not very like the stereotype of being an oldest child necessarily, but in some ways, like, yes, I'm very responsible. And like, you know, I, um, yeah, I feel like I do a lot of emotional work for people and like all those kind of things, like for sure. And that you, I don't think you can, I mean, my dad said I made (laughs) all my mistakes on you, which is a weird thing to hear, but they kind of do make a bunch of mistakes on the first kid, you know? Yeah. But also, uh, Courtney, you're the only girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's also a different. Thing. Oh, that's fun. That's, that's more cool. Responsibility, and also less in a way. Because how many? How many girls? Each in... other. Uh, there's three girls and a boy. My brother's uh, the okay. youngest. Yeah. Yeah, we have three boys and a girl. Mm-hmm. You too. That's do you? Yeah. That's so weird. I know. How many? Do you have any? I'm an only child. Really? Yeah. yeah. Justin's so I'm an like, only what child. are you talking about? I guess just me. <laughs> yeah, I like don't understand sibling relationships. I like try to picture what it would be like to have one. I'm like, I truly don't know. We what had a you? brother and sister oh, here yeah. the other day who uh, run Doc Johnson, which is mm-hmm. the sex toy company. And I was like, what's I like texting Courtney and Dave. I'm like, would you run a dildo company with your brother? That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm like I'm trying to figure out oh, what, what that would feel yeah, like. Yeah, totally. Yeah, sometimes when my sister, I have an older sister, she'll talk to me about sex. I'm like, I still don't like this. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like she said the other day, she's like me and drew were like, like text texting or I don't even know what it's called. And I was like, I don't like this at all. Please right. stop. Sister, <laughs> shout out to Sister Deb who listens to this podcast. Yes. Who just can't get enough of Brother Dave's Sis, sex stories. Sister Deb. <laughs> um, so, Christy, your parents mm-hmm. actually split during like a pretty traumatic year of college. Mm-hmm. I had a f- super close friend in college who like went through kind of the same mm-hmm. thing. And it was like a weird, that's like a kind of odd age because you feel like an adult yeah. in some ways but also like your totally world is crumbling mm-hmm. in other ways yeah so I was just got to college so my parents waited so they um which was very sweet of them you know to to wait till I was in college I was the youngest so they waited till I was in college and then they sold the house and then um my dad got me I guess so I stayed with my dad during summers and my sister stayed with her my mom um but it was just really hard because there was how did they decide who goes to who my mom said you can have Krista to my dad Are you we did we did yes. the split too. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's savage. She's did very that savage. fucking hurt your to yeah, your core? For sure. For sure. She's like, you get she goes like in front of us, she's like, You get Krista, I'll take Bryn. Like, wow. Okay. So I lived with my dad and his like so little brutal. bachelor pad with like on a mattress on the floor in a second bedroom all summer. It was really it was really sad, but yeah, it was just traumatic in its own way and i think that is something i deal with now as i look at getting married and as i look at you know being with my person forever you know my parents were always my mom was always one foot out the door she was very depressed she was suicidal so she was like on edge our my entire life or on just kind of like it was always ups and downs. So I never saw them really happy. I never saw them really trying. I never saw them really like being loving. So I never really 
understood that. You know, I never understood what like a loving relationship was or what it should feel like. But I did really learn how to be in a good relationship and how to be in like a loving relationship from my dad loving me, which sounds gross, but no, that sounds really it's really Yeah, sweet. it sounds gross, but it's like it just means that like I really trusted men. I trusted that they saw me for who I was and I trusted that they would support me and that they would be there for me because my dad was always like supportive and saw me for who I was. You know what I mean? So I've been always able actually in my life to have great relationships with men. Um, very great men. I've had, you know, like awesome boyfriends, but for marriage, it's just like a different ball game. Do you feel like it affected your relationship with your sister negatively? Mm, yeah. So we didn't like being each divided other. up like that and being like essentially oh, pitted yeah. against each other. Yeah. That's a really great point. Actually. Um, we didn't like each other for most of growing up until, until after the divorce. Um, probably because we kind of like banded together a little bit, but we didn't really get along. But yeah, because she always kind of saw through that. You know what I mean? She always like saw that as like manipulative or whatever, but um, we're very close now. Yeah. I think with the divorce, a lot of times the kids do band together because you're seeing so much fighting and they look like lunatics and it's like, we're like, but we're you know, we're going to band together yes. and kind of like, we're, we're normal here. Yeah. And so you now, she, now we're very close and she's like very oldest where she's very emotionally invested in my parents and like very, you know, cares about their relationship and gets very upset, you know, and feels like a, a emotional responsibility for how they feel and stuff. But I don't feel that I'm kind of like youngest in that way and just kind of like disconnected in that way. Mm. You know, how's your relationship with your mom? We are okay. Like we don't, you know, we talk and I just kind of like keep her at arm's length, but I know that, yeah, I just keep her at like arm's length for safety. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it is. It's just, you know, we have like our ups and downs, but yeah. So, but she's good. She has a boyfriend now, which is great. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, so we've been talking a lot about me too, obviously Mm -hmm. over the last year Mm -hmm. plus, Um, and it was so interesting to hear kind of a a little bit about your sexual harassment experience, Mm -hmm. because one of the things that I find, and even like, just as a person in my thirties, I definitely, I can't imagine what it's like to be an even older woman now and be like, (laughs) resynthesize, like, oh, the, all these things that we thought were normal, you sort of have to go back into your past and be like, oh, actually none of those things should have been accepted mm. to start out with. Um, have you guys had any of those kind of moments over the last couple of years of like redigesting? Yeah, things? I had, so I had my um, sexual harassment experience at my work and I didn't even really know that I was being sexually harassed until other people reported it and it became a case. So that was one where I was so like socialized to believe that that was like normal, that people would say that to you, that they would make you feel that way, that they would do those things. And even now I think about like volleyball coaches that I had and like really inappropriate things that they Mm -hmm. would do and say, and then like teachers that I had, you know, like in eighth grade, I had this teacher that would IM me on like AOL and like say inappropriate things and like ask for photos. And I 
thought oh it was. Oh my God, that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's insane. And I now I'm like, that was, you should be arrested. You know, but, but back then I'm just like, oh, Mr. Reuters crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I literally would be like, he's crazy. Like, LOL. LOL. Like, there, so there's a lot of like re digesting and re examining stuff that I've done. And it's just kind of like a tab. You know, I just like keep a tab. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. I, to process and mm-hmm. just making sure that actually I can re um, redigest them and then make sure that I don't have any like shame around it because right now I don't have shame around it really, which is like a good thing. So I don't want to remove the fact that I don't feel ashamed of things because I don't want to then redigest my emotions, go back to those situations and then give myself shame for something that I didn't feel shame about, you know, so it's making sure to not do that, but it is very, very interesting. I mean, there's so many instances with so many women I'm sure they can think of. Yeah. yeah, it is like just having these weird fl- like flashes of like remembering like, oh shit, that was really fucked up and Yo, I put 100%. it away because I was like, oh, that was fine. This is how it is. Totally. Yeah, this is how it is. Did you have any of my, like when it first, very first, when the first few stories started breaking, there was a little bit of like that maybe we don't, t- or like that you should withstand certain things. Like I, I can't mm. even really explain it, but do you know what I mean? Where like, it's like, like I survived my yeah, sexual harassment. Yeah. You know, why, why would you we all get think? raped a couple of oh, times? Oh, yeah. Like that's just how it goes. Doing business. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. I think it woke up like, because there are certain industries where like you, I worked in the service industry for a long time and you did too, where like, you know, you're almost, it's almost expected. And then I'm like, Oh, that's actually really fucked up. Like we were put in these tight little dresses, worked in New York city at this like sporting club or whatever. And like the owners would like ask us to go sit on so-and-so's lap because he was about to buy a big bottle. And like, I was actually the goody two show of the bunch. Like that's probably the extent of what I would do. Even I still did that, but like there was things going on, like, people going down to the office Mm -hmm. and whatever. But like these other girls were so young. Like I was, I was still young. I was like 24, 23, but some of these girls were like 18, 19, 20, like not even of legal age to drink yet. It was just, they didn't know what else to do. They thought that was normal in that industry. And by the way, they would be making five, six, $700 that night. So Mm -hmm. to them, that was the exchange. So I just like, I think about that a lot when I go out and maybe that's part of the reason why I don't go out that much anymore. Cause it actually really makes me sad because Mm -hmm. I know what goes on in a lot of these establishments with these managers, mostly male managers. I did have some great male managers and I did have some great female managers, but there just is this like, well, you know, like, they're going to buy a bottle. They're going to spend a lot of money tonight. And it's like, where do we draw the fucking line? Yeah. Because why are only women's bodies transactional? Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. I mean, I yeah. think it's funny, I like the that. roles in a, in a bar per se. So there's like the hot door guy. Right. And then the big beefy bouncer. And then like the girls with the big tits behind the bar. And then mm. like the long lanky ones walking around. It's like the craziest Damn, thing. That's yeah, so yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. and it's like wait what is going on here like why couldn't like a dope ass like whatever girl be out front like running the fucking door like you know what I mean just like Mm -hmm. roles switched and yes we did have male bartenders but you think they got what we got like in terms of tips and also then on the other side of that just disrespect 
mm-hmm. like full on disrespect when, a, when dudes have like a few drinks or even girls have a few drinks, like it is like, there are no rules, you know? And then they get a pass because they're so drunk. Yeah. I was thinking about being a bartender and now I'm, now I'm telling second thoughts after that. Well, you don't have to <laughs> harass Dave. Yeah. It's yeah, not required. Literally. In fact, it's preferred if no, you don't. Oh, I didn't mean like that. Don't do it. It also depends <laughs> on the venue. I yeah. Mean. If you work at a cool bar, it's totally yeah, normal. hundred percent. I was just in like a circus. It's it was nightclub industry. Circus. Yeah. Nightclub have, industry. Have you guys had any, um, weird or awkward or whatever conversations with like, I, got into mm. it with some older men in my boyfriend's family. Like uh, when Ooh. we went there for Christmas or just friends or anything, have you had like, I probably need to do more of them to be honest. I was thinking about it yesterday when we had this conversation about like white fragility. And I was like, Oh, I probably don't have enough uncomfortable conversations because I don't feel like I know enough or I don't feel like I have all the facts or whatever. But I probably should be speaking out more than I am. And I do a lot on our platform. I do a lot on the podcast and I'm doing my part and I'm stepping into that, but I would like to do more like with my family, having conversations about the elections, Mm -hmm. you know, I kind of am like, Oh, it's a lost cause. You know, they're never going to change or something like that. But like, that's just me not wanting to be, you know, we learned this yesterday as me not wanting to be uncomfortable. Yeah. So it's like Mm -hmm. not fair. Um, So I'm really, really trying to do that more. Yeah, I try. I've been trying to do a lot of like trans stuff, like Mm, talking to people because I feel like a ton of times people just say tranny around me and and then I have to be like, you can't say that. And then they're like, well, my friend who's a tranny says tranny. And then I have to like be like, okay, but it's not the same when you do it and a whole (laughs) thing and why your friend might be using that and if they're reclaiming it or like, you know, it's so much work because you feel like the understanding level with trans stuff is like so much less uh, progressive than when it comes to like, you know, even gay people yeah. because mm-hmm. it's just not accepted yet. So I feel like a lot of the conversations are like so much longer than you expect. Cause you just want to be able to drop a couple things and be out, but it just doesn't work like that. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think dropping a couple of things and out, and even if you feel like it's incomplete, at least yeah. like they are try. left with something to perhaps think about. But yeah, I mean, it's so hard every time I go home for like a holiday, like with an extent with extended family. Um, and I'm like the weird one that lives in California, whatever oh people think that they're like, what's going on out there? Yeah. And you're like, mm-hmm every good thing on the planet Um, (laughs) and a few bad things, but mostly good. Um, 10 million of us. You're the weird one, you know? Um, But yeah, because there's a, there's a part of me that's like new that really doesn't give a fuck about what they're going to say about what I'm now learning is something that we need to be talking about. And like, I think we both grew up in, in areas where, you know, slurs were just kind of thrown around, you Mm -hmm. know? And, and while we didn't say them, like, you know, the generations above us, like that was a part of their, what they would say. And it's not okay. You know, now I'm like, ah, like actually gives me like a physical reaction. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I definitely think at the very least, we just don't stand for, for that. Um, and then, you know, having the conversation, Rachel Cargill yesterday said, you know, like, I'm going to maybe butcher this, but she said to on a line, put the one person that you're afraid to talk to, 
um, about, you know, whatever it is, whether it's race, whether it's gender, whatever it is, she said, that's kind of your line where you stop being an ally to whoever you're trying to like defend or explain. And that's true. Like, oh, so you stopping an ally there so that the other person, maybe your mom or your dad is just more comfortable. Mm-hmm. So it's like a really good thing to like think critically about like, okay, who am I really uncomfortable to talk about this to? I think those convert, I think even little things like that feel like they maybe don't matter when you say, uh, them to people. I have a few things where I either remember something that I said that makes me cringe and know that I never (laughs) want any to have any of that behavior again, or where somebody has said something really simple to me. And like, I grew up in the Midwest. Like there was a lot of stuff that was normal in rural Minnesota that, you know, even if I wasn't doing it, that I was around and like Mm -hmm. that you have to unlearn. And I think those little moments can be really powerful. I also think that, um, with the like outrage culture and stuff, everybody's Mm. so afraid of being wrong because they're like, Oh, I'm just going to get, you know, run out of town or whatever. Whereas like, I think we should all be more okay about being wrong and owning up to it and just immediately being like, you know what? Yeah, I did fuck up. I am trying to do better. I'm sorry. Here's the ways that I'm trying to learn. No, here's the ways I'm trying to change as opposed to all of us just pretending we're perfect all the time. And then just digging up old stuff about people and being like, fuck you. I see this. You're trash. Because it's like, we are, we've all done this. We've all said Mm -hmm. messed up stuff. We're all hopefully trying to learn and get better, but it can only happen if we're all really open about the fact that we we're fucking up when we're fucking up, you know? And I, I think I shudder when I think of some things I've said and thought. And I think now also when you're a stand-up comedian, people know that they will say things to you that they think you're going to think is funny. Mm. And a lot of times it's like outrageous quote unquote. And that's when they'll be like tranny N word, F word, whatever. And you're like, Oh, that's not what comedy is. And also like, you know, you don't need to be an edge Lord to like hang out with me. That's not, you know, just because I'm a comedian doesn't mean that. Yeah. I think too, we're so lucky that, you know, we grew up when the internet was really just getting started and Instagram was just getting started. Facebook was just getting started. So a lot of our lives where we were kind of making those mistakes, like me living in Ohio, growing up in Ohio, aren't documented, you know, but now everything's starting to be documented. The generation behind us, they have everything in their lives documented. I mean, I had to go through my Twitter recently, probably in the last six months and delete tweets from a long time ago, nothing was bad. Nothing was bad, but, but just embarrassing, yeah. just embarrassing. And, and even just like me saying like self degrading stuff, I just delete it just to be safe, just to be like PC. But you really do have to think about that now. Cause we do live in a culture where people are wanting to attack. People are wanting to make assumptions and it's like easy for people to hate you and it's hard for people to forgive you. So I think about that a lot, you know, with us and our platform, like we are willing to put stuff out there where we're making mistakes and where we are not going to be perfect on topics that are really, really hard. Um, but it's scary each time that we do it. Yeah. I want to talk to you guys a little bit about where your friendship meets working together. Um, and kind of how like the keys to a successful partnership and also the challenges because Sophie and I are like sometimes have stuff where we're afraid that the other person's going to leave us. And also just like, you have to have 
it's being in a regular relationship almost where you do have to make sure you're maintaining your separate identity. Mm -hmm. And I thought you guys would be the perfect people Mm -hmm. to speak to that. Where do we begin? Um, (laughs) Chris and I have had a connection from the get-go and a connection that I think, um, at least for me was different than other friends. Not that it was better or worse. It was just like, it was just different. And I was like, Oh, this feels like, next level, you know, and it happened so quickly and we started to create so quickly, which was exciting for me because I'm like always hungry to just create something. It doesn't necessarily have to turn into anything, but to collaborate with someone is really exciting. And so we, you know, brought our conversations, you know, to the airwaves. We're practicing forever, but during that time we really got to know each other. And I think, you know, what works so beautifully is that, um, we are so different. We have a lot of shared values and, and things like that. But, um, especially as the business has grown, like she has so many strengths and areas that I have weaknesses and vice versa. And I've been able to learn so much from her and we're really able to also, like you said, just kind of have, um, and respect each other's separate lives and separate aspirations. Um, cause she has so much outside of the podcast. I have stuff outside of the podcast and we're always rooting each other on. And, and I, and I know that will continue even as the podcast grows and it's going to be really exciting to kind of see how that kind of plays out. But I mean, it's, it's the best. And I think like just the foundation is respect, um, our communication is really good and gets better and better as we grow because we have to, like, we are like, our team is growing and also like the, the amount of eyes on us are growing. So like, if we can kind of like be in a room alone and just like have a really honest conversation about like how we're feeling, like that's really, that's like very important to us, you know, that that will always be there. Um, yeah. And I think that I just kind of, And, you know, echoing everything she said, um, I felt like when I met Lindsay, I met like a missing part of my soul. Um, So it's been really beautiful to create this, but I always just try and keep my side of the street, you know, focus on me. So if I'm feeling some type of way or something's going on with like the business or I'm feeling stressed, I just worry about myself. So I just worry about how I could be a better business partner, how I can be a better podcast host, how I can be more patient or how I can be more kind, more sweet. You know what I mean? I just really think that people are most of the time responding or acting in response to you. So if Mm -hmm. I ever felt like Lindsay was maybe being short with me or, you know, I'm short with her sometimes that it's because she's responding to me doing something, you know? So I would just worry if I'm, instead of being like, she's being short with me, I'm like, well, what am I doing? That's making her feel like she can't communicate openly and clearly to me with love. Mm -hmm. So I was just worry about like how, what the energy that I bring into our relationship is rather than like, like blaming another. And I think that works really well for both of us that we do that. Do you, have you guys had any big blowouts? People ask that now. <laughs> really? No, yeah, people ask that. Yeah. yeah. I don't like come back from blowouts. So praise God that we don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How do you handle disagreements? Just like really short diffuse them right away. I think we know each other so well too, that yeah. like if something's off, you know, Mm -hmm. it's one, it's usually not personal. Yeah. So like if anything feels personal, it's usually just something you can like kind of flick off the surface. And then deeper issue is like, 
you know, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it could be a conversation you had with your parents earlier that day, or, you know, you're just feeling kind of like shit in your body or something like that. Like we just, I think, you know, we know each other so well, so we kind of nip it in the bud at least within 24 hours, we do have a business to run. So usually we'll get through the things in the day that we really need to get done. But I mean, we're, I think we're always aware, you know, if, if something like that comes up, but no, we haven't had any Mm -hmm. big blowouts. Would you say it's because also your vibes are kind of both chill or are you fiery Mm -hmm. people outside of this? Depends on the day. Yeah, truly. Truly depends on the day, but also (laughs) it's like, you know, like any relationship, you know, like in my relationship with Justin, you come up to something that you're like, uh, this kind of is a disagreement. And then you're like, not worth it. You know what I mean? Like if mm-hmm. ever we have like a creative vision or something like that, like I have a vision for something like we had a photo shoot today, whatever. And Lindsay just like, let me to dr- mm-hmm. figure it out. You know, like it's like, she was like, okay, Chris is going to take this one. And if she has like a vision for a video or something like that, I just let her take it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't really, like, I think in any relationship, you have to compromise at some points and be like, is this worth me mm-hmm. saying mm-hmm. something? Is it not, you know, and not that I'm ever thinking like, should I say something? But it's just always like we kind of seesaw between. Mm-hmm. I feel know? like it's like that when we write packets oh. and there's some jokes where it's like, oh, I like the joke and she doesn't or vice versa. I feel like we used to be a lot more precious about it and be like, no, this joke has to happen or not. And now it's just like, yes, you know what? Like if I can live the vision with it, of both people. Yeah. 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 So it's like that, that part is a little more her. And yeah. then like the next part's mm-hmm. a little more me, but like, you don't even think about it and you don't remember who wrote what, you know what I mean? hundred percent. Cause in the, in the flow, you're just like, it's like what you're saying, seesawing where you're mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, why would I? die on this hill yeah. for like no reason there's yeah. like a million Sweating jokes small stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. how yeah. do you make sure that you nurture your because you were friends first mm-hmm. yeah we we were kind of like fr- i mean we started pretty soon yeah. after you so were like, like business we, friends yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah well, kind of like i mean we've always had a really solid friendship but um especially as just things start happening at a more rapid rate we've um you know talked a lot about just taking time even if it's like 30 minutes in a day. And like when we have lunch in the studio, like we'll go outside and we'll just like catch up about mm-hmm. life outside of the podcast. And even those 30 minutes feel like a complete reset. We're like, yeah, we need that at a lot of you know? f- at the beginning mm-hmm. of our, a lot of our work sessions. We're like, Oh, well, we just hung out for like an yeah, hour. It but. wasn't a waste of 30 minutes. It was actually no. like 30 minutes really well spent, mm-hmm. even though it feels sometimes like usually yeah. we're laughing or just like, yeah. you know, just to move the energy in a yeah, different way reset. rather than like, you know thinking about business which is important but yeah we're pretty we're pretty good at that mm-hmm. i love it thank you guys so much for coming Aww, you guys are the best guests this is such great questions yeah truly so everyone should such great questions find almost 30 on yes. like every podcast platform mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. out there and where can they find you guys on the social medias so we're on instagram at almost 30 podcast um i'm at Lindsay Simsick and Krista's at hundred blog spell out hundred blog um, and almost 30 podcast.com um, we're continuing our tour in the new year and all that good stuff yeah, yeah. so exciting this was so fun your questions so fun. were like so good yeah <laughs> they were so good you guys good are job, the best guys. Thank, thank you, you. You're You're welcome. Welcome. bye guys bye. I hope you guys liked the latest episode of Reality Bites. If you liked what you heard, you better smash those five stars. And if you send us a screenshot of your review, we'll send you a free sex goodie from Doc Johnson. Ah.
OMG. So send those screenshots or questions or love letters to realitybitespod at gmail.com. That's bites with a Y. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.